Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today with one of our great partners, Lauren Moberg, who is the early ch- the Infant and Early Childhood Director for the Minnesota Association for Children's Mental Health. And Lauren's here today to tell us about a great resource that MACMA, which is the shortened version of that name of your organization, will refer it to MACMA um, in the rest of the program. But They have been working on something fantastic that is really going to be a useful tool for all of our listeners. So, Lauren, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what it is and how it came to be? Sure. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's fun to be here and to talk a little bit about this work that we've been doing. So, um, we have been working as part of the Minnesota Preschool Development Grant through the Department of Education to create um, what we've called a toolkit for healing-centered practice. And so we were initially approached um, to do this work um, to create a toolkit for mainly relationship-based professional development specialists and other state and county employees. Um, as we've gone along, that's widened a little bit who who could utilize this toolkit, but really to give people access to resources for when they're working with children and families who have experienced stress and trauma. Um, and so especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, when that all happened, this work really um, kind of came to the forefront as, as necessary to give people resources. Um, and another piece of it, so the, the focus was really on early care and education professionals also. And so we wanted it to, a, a major goal of the grant was that it's aligned with the knowledge and competency framework. And if for those of you who don't know that are listening, there are um, some new competencies that were recently added around trauma. And so our toolkit really kind of speaks to that area of the knowledge and competency framework. That's fantastic. And as we all are digging in more and more in our work, especially since the pandemic began, as you noted, I think that there's been a heightened awareness of the need for all of us who work with children and families to really have some skills and tools to, for, for us to understand what, not what is wrong with people, but what might have happened in their life, what they may have experienced that's contributing to the way they're reacting in this moment in time. Yeah, definitely. And I love the way um, you've really termed it as healing-centered practice, not trauma-informed. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how, why that is? Yes. Yeah. So if, if you're not familiar with it, there was an article that came out, um, gosh, a while back. I don't know exactly when, um, by a person named Sean Ginwright. And, um, it really speaks to this idea of healing centered practice. And so some things from the article that stuck out to us that were important when we thought about what to name this, Mm -hmm. um, are the fact that sometimes trauma informed care can um, kind of suggest more of an individual focus, like we're treating people, whereas healing-centered feels more like we are also treating the the root causes of trauma, knowing that trauma isn't just localized within a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gives us a little more of a focus on collective experience. And then um, trauma-informed can sometimes also feel like there's um, – focus on the treatment of pathology and whereas healing centered focus is a little bit more on possibility and fostering well-being, um, which we talk about within the toolkit. And then it's interesting because something else in that article, I think many of you, if you've been to trainings around trauma, 
maybe have heard this idea of moving from what's wrong with you to what has happened to you. And in this article, they ask actually what is right with you. So there's sort of this focus on the strengths-based perspective and what do, what do we each bring um, that we really like about kind of using that language for healing-centered practice. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. Um, and then there's kind of these two other pieces that we felt like were really important when to integrate into the toolkit. Um, actually, sorry, three other pieces. So really, um, we knew that it was important that this is grounded in infant and early childhood mental health, which is, you know, what our passion at MACMA and our early childhood division is. And um, so we knew that it, it was important that as a healing centered system, we kind of have some understanding around how mental health and mental well-being develop over a lifespan, even, you know, from prenatally. And mm-hmm. so um, when we think about kind of the, the definition of infant and early childhood mental health, which is really how we keep and maintain relationships. So how we are able to be in relationship, how we, um, experience, express, and regulate our emotions, and then how we kind of explore the world and learn. And so within the toolkit, we want to be thinking about for each of those things, how does the experience of stress and trauma impact our ability to do those things? So we know that that stress and trauma impact how how young children can keep and form relationships, how they can experience and express emotions, um, and then their ability to, to go out into the world and learn. So kind of setting the foundation for all their all their further learning. So having sort of a grounding in infant and early childhood mental health was really important to us. Um, Also a grounding in equity. We use something called, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a document called the Diversity Informed Tenants for working with infants, young children, and families. And it's really a guiding document. So this was created by the Irving Harris Foundation and um, really a guiding document for thinking about how we do equitable practice in early childhood. And the very first tenant of the that document says that self-awareness leads to better services for children and families. And so the whole of the toolkit is also grounded in that idea that we have to we have to bring our whole selves to this work. And it actually is beneficial if we do and can can examine the lens that we bring to our work um, rather than pretending like we don't bring a lens to the work. Um, so that's a piece that's really integrated throughout the toolkit. Um, and then also just this grounding in relationships. So if, if you're doing this work, you know, this is relationship-based work and, um, you know, some of our infant and early childhood guiding principles are, are the fact that that development is happening so rapidly in the first years of life. So we know that's a period of intense vulnerability for young children, but it's also this, this window of opportunity where we can really support young children and families. And we know that the relationships are the way that we do that. So the relationships are the, are really the, you know, kind of the catalyst and the context for all the learning that happens for young children. So we knew that this toolkit really had to include, um, thinking about the relationships that are in a child's life. So thinking about caregiver child relationships and even, you know, that being not only parents, but also, you know, childcare providers and others who are working um, with children in their lives. So those are kind of just some of the, the pieces that are woven throughout the toolkit that we felt like were really important too, when we got started on, on putting together these resources. That sounds fantastic as far as that foundational piece. And I, you use the word system. And I think about our early care and education programming for young children and families. And we'll focus on child care because that's what we spend a lot of our time doing. Yeah. When you think about helping professionals build a system 
of healing-centered practices that do always keep what you were just saying are those grounding principles in the forefront of their mind. I think when we say things like we're informed about these things, it allows us to step away a little bit further. And so to be really saying, nope, we're building a system that's really healing-centered. We're looking at how can, what our impact, as you said, in relationship, yeah, how that affects the child that we spend time with every day and bringing our whole selves. That is something that I think mm-hmm. all can be reminded to do every day is bring your whole self yeah. to the, the relationship, to the connection, to the attachment, building time with that child and that family. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like a fabulous opportunity for people to really dig deeper. And I know that um, you are going to spend some time just telling us a little bit about kind of the roadmap of the toolkit and how it's linked to those really important KCF areas and all the, all the different pieces that can build this great resource and, and encourage people to just dig right in and, and use it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So part of this project was coming up with sort of a roadmap to, to help us know kind of where we're at within this system of being trauma-informed and healing-centered. And so um, as we thought more about that, a roadmap almost didn't feel like this the right way to term it because we know that this is ongoing learning that happens. So if you go to our website, which I'll, I'll say the, the toolkit website is www.macma, so org forward slash toolkit. And you'll see the roadmap fairly high on that page. And so it's actually an infinity symbol that we decided to use um, Mm -hmm. because of the idea that, you know, our learning just ebbs and flows and we continue to, to kind of weave throughout the, so that we use the categories from the knowledge and competency framework that are explores, implements, and then designs and leads. And so that we kind of, we kind of ebb and flow between those as we learn and grow and continue to learn more and grow. Um, and so that's why we chose that symbol. And then um, all of the resources that we have on that resource page connect to that roadmap and kind of, so we have resources broken into those categories of explores, implements, designs, and leads. And thinking about the explorers being kind of the more introductory in, information around stress and trauma and um, some of the related pieces of, of working with families who have experienced stress and trauma. And then the implements, you know, we think of that as more of kind of the practical pieces of what does this look like and what are the things that I'm doing differently. And then the designs and leads would be more focused on some of the systems pieces. So like if you're looking for the diversity informed tenants document, it should be in there and some information around kind of reflective practice and thinking about how we, um, build and sustain systems that are healing centered there. So, yeah, so that kind of the roadmap is at the top of the, um, the resource page. So basically the toolkit is made of this resource page and then some modules for further learning, which are also on the resource page. Um, but those are kind of the, the three big pieces. So there's the roadmap. And if any of this is confusing, there's also an intro video at the top of that page, which hopefully helps kind of piece it all together um, for folks, how it kind of connects to the knowledge and competency framework and the different areas of, of resources that are on there. I went to your website and I checked out your video. And I have to say that visual walking through of the process and how things are laid out and the infinity symbol and how everything fits on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great way for someone to get more information about that. Um, and I think, so can you tell us a little bit more about the modules? 
Yeah, definitely. I should say too, before we move on, I forgot to mention that on that roadmap, we have equity and relationships as like hand symbols because we felt like those are the pieces that are holding the whole system. So I, I should have noted that when I talked about the roadmap, but, but yeah, so the modules, so on that resource page, there's at the bottom, there's a tab that says training modules. Currently there's just one there, but basically we're, we're creating some modules that folks can go through to learn more, kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of these areas around stress and trauma. And they are also modules that will be approved in the develop system. So folks can get credit on their learning record in that new competency area of trauma or trauma informed care, I think it's called. Um, so the modules, yeah, there will be four of them. The first one is really focused on just an introduction to stress and trauma. So kind of getting some definitions out there and thinking about um, there's a lovely visual as part of one of the modules that's from the PACES connection that has kind of all these different, like thinking about some environmental pieces of trauma and then some familial pieces and then just, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of sets the context for all the things that contribute to kind of stress and trauma. Mm -hmm. um, so some learning around that. There's some more, um, each module folk, or follows a pattern of kind of a learn, practice, apply. So you're learning some information, then you're kind of practicing it, um, utilizing some case scenarios and samples. And then in the application section, you're kind of thinking about your own work. So trying to bring it back to practically for people, how they can implement this in their own settings. Mm -hmm. um, so that's module one. Module two is more focused um, on stress and its impact on relationships. And so thinking a lot about the child caregiver relationship and how that's impacted and how, even just how that attachment forms. So there's some of the information about kind of infant and early childhood mental health and um, the guiding principles of, of early childhood mental health. And, um, and then again, more opportunities to practice and apply that knowledge. And then the third module is around um, resilience. So thinking about mainly resilience, thinking about the kids and families that we work with and how we can build that, how we can support protective factors um, for kids and families and, and literally in the, in the day-to-day -day work that we do with kids, how we are, how we are building their resilience. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last module is around, I was going to say resilience, but it's really around professional wellness. So it's kind of resilience on the professional side. So thinking about our own wellness and you know, again, going back to that first tenant with self-awareness, knowing that when we come to this work, this is challenging work and we've all been living through a collective trauma of the pandemic. And so we can't really separate our work and our, um, the kids we work with and the trauma they've been through from, from our own in many ways, because we've all been going, going through that together. So thinking a lot about how we kind of notice those things in ourselves, what we can do for ourselves to take um, care and to remain in the work and, and exploring a bit about reflective consultation as a support um, in early childhood systems and how that really helps us um, care for ourselves and examine our own lenses that we bring to the work. Um, so that's kind of, um, that's the, the fourth module. So hopefully that gives people a nice kind of overview of, of a lot of the pieces of, of this work. It really does. Yeah. It sounds like you've covered such a nice, um, nice grouping. You're allowing people to kind of come along this continuum and, you know, build that awareness, 
try to do some things differently in their practice and then Mm -hmm. also take good care of themselves and be aware that it, it take, I, I reflective consultation is one of the things that um, our staff will tell you hands down is their favorite part of one of the, the pieces that we build in for support for our team of coaches and our staff. It is that opportunity to really look at how the relationships in your life and the experiences that you're carrying to that connection with families and children day to day is impacting those relationships and how Mm -hmm. it's creating. It can create more stress sometimes. It can create (laughs) discomfort, all of those pieces, but to really be able to acknowledge those and to say, I'm going to do this to create some well-being opportunities for myself is really important. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited that you included that. So when we look at someone says, oh, I'm excited about this. I want to try this. I want to start digging into that first module. What do they do? It's a great question. So the first one, if you go to the the toolkit page and scroll down to the bottom, there's a training module um, tab and the link to the first module is there. And so eventually all four of them will be there. They're not yet there um, the second module is in develop. So folks can find it through the develop system. It's just not yet public on our website. Okay. Um, and I believe in develop, it would be called something like module two of toolkit for healing centered practice. Okay. Um, so I, I believe some folks have found it that way, um, separate of our website, but eventually they will be there. And I should say, so part of our rollout of these modules is we're doing, um, what we're calling facilitator training. So we have a couple wonderful facilitators who are taking time to lead people through these modules. So we're doing every other month and then kind of every other month releasing a module. So right now we've uh, just in June, we had some facilitator trainings around the second module where folks could just show up and it's a free training and basically get walked through the module. So learn the content themselves, but also be able to think through how they might um, kind of teach others on the module and utilize the materials in their own settings. And that really came out of some wonderful feedback we got from a steering committee member who said, this is great information that my community could really use, but it would really need to come from me. And so we felt like it was really important that that we're empowering people to be able to take the information and make it their own and apply it to their settings. And um, so hopefully the facilitator trainings are a way that we can do that. And if you're interested, if you're listening and you haven't heard of these and want to get involved, that's there is a pay, there's a button on the toolkit page to get in touch um, or learn more about the toolkit. So if you click on that and give your email, we can get you on the list for finding out more about. Um, we'll have the module three ones in August, and then module four in October before those are released. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And and are these two hours the modules? Two hours in length. Yep. Each one is two hours. Yep. The facilitator trainings we've done over three hour periods. So we have some time built in to kind of explore, um, you know, implementing them, but yes, each module is meant to be around two hours. Wonderful. Oh, that's so great. I think it's just so accessible for people. And I think when you go to the website listeners, you'll see what I mean by that because they've made it really easy and um, easy to navigate and just great opportunities. So we're, going to just ask a question of our listeners out there. I, we would love to hear after listening and hearing more about these toolkits, what are some things that you think you would want to dig right in and um, see it as a useful tool? Would you want to go to the facilitator training? Would you just want to walk through it yourself? 
Would you want to do it in a small group and everybody do it individually, but then get together and debrief and talk about it? There's lots of different opportunities. We'd love to hear what you think of as you're listening about this. And then we also have something else coming up in our fabulous partnership with MACMA. The CICC and MACMA are hosting something this summer on on August 11th. Lauren, do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yes, sure. This is very exciting, especially because it's an in-person event that will be happening um, at our offices, at our MACMA offices, which are located in St. Paul. So on August 11th from 6.30 to 8.30, we're going to host a um, live panel and then also kind of a a reception and an event where we can just gather together as professionals, um, maybe have some resources and things that we can explore while we're there, but hear from some great panelists around thinking about, so basically this panel came out of um, thinking about healing-centered practice and the importance of noticing, again, the lenses that we bring to this work and knowing that um, where we grew up and what our background is can impact the way that we see development and the, the judgments we make about how folks should navigate stress and trauma. And so we wanted to bring together a a really diverse group of voices to be able to speak to this issue and to think about um, what kinds of things as professionals we need to keep in mind when we're making assessments about development or if kids are on track or off track and um, how they're responding to stress and trauma. So I think it's going to be a really great conversation. Um, That will eventually be, we'll also record it and add it to the toolkit, but we would love to have you join us in person. It would be fabulous. There's going to be door prizes, food, um, and also it's just exciting, Lauren, as you were mentioning and talking about the conversations, you know, as as we've been all reaching out to different folks to be possible panel members, the conversations that are spurred, even just in those those connections, it's it's going to be a great evening and um, we're really excited yeah. to be, be doing that and more to come on our social media and also MACMAs will get more information about specifics as far as who's going to be on the panel and um, just anything you need to know to be successful so that you can attend. We're really looking forward to it. And another piece yeah. that is an offering that will also really deepen um, your skills as an early childhood educator or a professional who's doing coaching or con- consultation in early childhood is to attend the MACMA Early Childhood Conference. And so, Lauren, do you want to just do a quick commercial for that? That's coming up in November. Yes, sure. Yes. Yeah. So, again, this is going to be another thing that's in person, which is exciting. We yes. have not held our conference in person in about three years. Um, so this is going to happen November 6th through the 8th at Bunker Hills Event Center in Coon Rapids. And um, we'll have a variety of keynotes and breakouts around different topics, kind of um, hearing from speakers across disciplines. And it'll be a really great time. And I can I can say our, our three keynotes that we have um, are Dr. Barbara Stroud and Dr. Sheila Sweeney and Dr. Ann Garrity. So I think just that alone is going to be wonderful. And so we would love to have you join us and, and really hope it can be a time too where we can kind of give back to professionals and so it can hopefully feel like somewhat of a retreat if you're attending um, to be kind of poured into and cared for as you learn and grow in your practice. We just had our planning meeting this morning and we're all so excited. It's just coming together beautifully. And as you heard from the just the list of the keynote speakers, really impressive 
experts in the field who are going to, as you said, pour into the attendees. And, and we are hoping that everyone will leave feeling rejuvenated and encouraged. So Lauren, this has been so information packed. I really appreciate you taking the time to be a guest on Inclusion Matters. I look forward to more on the modules as you get them up and running and certainly come back and visit with us anytime to give us updates. And I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. And would love to do that again sometime. <laughs> All right. Great. So if you have any other resource questions or ideas for resources or podcast titles or topics, please reach out to us at info at inclusivechildcare.org. Also, we have a website filled with resources ourselves. So go to inclusivechildcare.org to look for anything from tip sheets to self-studies to other podcasts. So thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.